Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you there's this there's this neat uh, relationship that we have uh, in the church where we work together, we serve together, we honor God, we give God our best, okay? But in order for that to work, we have to encourage one another, and we have to celebrate with one another. We have to recognize when someone does something that we think is, well, that's pretty amazing, that's really cool, that's good, you know? And, and, and that's what makes the body of Christ work, and it's really what I want to kind of talk to you about today. I want to talk about, you know, motivation. If you want to grow spiritually, you have to see the importance of motivation. How are you motivating people in your life? How are you motivated? What are you doing to be a motivator? All right? Now, let me give you an example, okay? So this week, I got this card. It actually came to the church next door, so it wasn't just to me. It was written to the staff. It's from Patty. I know Patty. I've known Patty for years. Patty is a widow now. She loves God. She served in the children's ministry. She served in a lot of ways in the church here, okay? Over the years, but she just decided to write us a card. She said, Thinking of you, God's promises are sure, His mercies are new, His plans are good, His love never fails. Dear church staff, Doyle and Jennifer, praying you'll sense God's gentle peace and goodness in a special way. Thank you all for all that you do. Then she goes on to a, a more lengthy note there. I'm not going to read all of that. Now, that's just one example. I, we get these at least once a week. Last night, uh, Jim, Jim was here. He was sitting over here. He sent Jennifer and I a card uh, the week before. And uh, I've known Jim and Jeannie for 24 years. And it's, they've been a, a positive encouragement in my life year after year after year after year, okay? Uh, I, get, I get texts. I get notes. I get Facebook messages. Hey, pastor, I was listening to you today on the radio. It's so encouraging. I, I, I come into the staff and they say, you know, we had a team member this week that, that, that sent us this. Someone will bring something by. You'll bring something by. It, we struggle with our weight because of your, your, your goodness in, in the terms of carbohydrates. All right. Um, <clears throat> thank you for the love. All right. If you see it upon me, you know why now. All right, it's all your fault. I'm blaming you, not my lack of restraint. Um, <clears throat> what, I, what I'm trying to get at is this. That is appropriate. That is good. That is healthy. That is biblical, all right? And, and today, what I want to call you to is I want to call you to your biblical calling to be an encourager. So if, if this will help you, if you run into somebody this week and they're talking to them, they're new in your, in your sphere of life, and they say, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. You say to this, say to them this, say, well, I'm a motivational coach. I, I actually feel like I'm called by God to be a motivational coach. 
And they'll say, you got to unpack that for me. I don't know what that means. What's it mean to be a motivational coach? Well, I'm called to help people see that the creator of the universe loves them, designs them, and has a purpose for their life. And I love helping people connect with their greater purpose to find him. And, and I just love motivating people and encouraging people, helping them to connect with God and all that he's intended them to be. See, you are called by God to be a motivational coach. Now, you want to know what the Christian word for that is? Discipleship. See, the moment you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, the moment that you say, I'm all in, I believe that Jesus died for me, I believe that he went to the cross, took my sins to give me a new life, give me a direction to give me a purpose, and because of that, I've got to share that purpose with other people. And then you have people in your life that are discipling you, people that are constantly encouraging you. No, don't give up. Keep going. You're going to make it. Your marriage is fine. You just need to, to love more, communicate more, invest more. You need to invest in your marriage. See what I'm saying? You have people in your life that are above, and then you've got these other people that they're, they're new to the kingdom of God. You're, you're encouraging them. You're discipling them. They, they are your mentees and your mentors in your life. See? You, the only way to be healthy in this life is to have a target that you're shooting for. And when you have mentors, they help you see the target clearly because they have passed this way before. And the reason you need them and the reason you need the, the mentees is so that when you're looking at people that are, that are younger in the faith, people that don't know the Lord yet, and you're encouraging them, you remember what it was like. So you have a firm grip on the grace which you have received. And that's what motivation is about. Motivation, okay, is about you understanding what encouragement is needed at what time. And that's what we're called to. In this place, our mission is moving people. That's right. Moving people closer to God. That's your, every day you and I get up with an awareness. Because of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus Christ, my calling, my purpose is to help other people discover the hope that I found in the living God that created the universe. And what the world needs right now is a little bit of good news. That is the gospel, folks. Good news is the gospel. The word evangelion in Greek is good news. And, and somehow, because of our world, our world has, has so much we won't even go into the fake news, the false news, the strange news, the weird news, whatever. It's what it's done. It's, it's made us afraid of news. And so we don't even look for the good news. And you and I are called to look for the good news. And you know what the good news is? Jesus Christ. That's what the good news is in our worldview. Good news is about Jesus Christ. And so I want you just to, to think now that you are a motivational coach, <laughs> that you look around, you look around for what God has called you I don't, I'm not telling you to, to take off reality, okay? Life is tough. You've been through it. But that's why you can help someone say, no, 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 it's not over. Just because something difficult came up in your life, you're not done. You're going to keep going. And that's what we're going to look at today. If you have a Bible, open it up to Hebrews chapter 10. If you've got a phone with an app, open it up to Hebrews chapter 10. I want you to look at the context, okay? In Hebrews chapter 10... We have um, an accounting of how the people of Israel used to worship God through the tabernacle 
and the sacrifice. Now, that's interesting to those of us. We're reading through the Bible together. If you haven't started, start now. We're, we're at the end of Exodus. We've been looking at how God designed the tabernacle, the holy of holies, and, and all the details to the sacrifice and all that God has called us to. Now, we, we, we come over to the New Testament, and what we find is that Jesus has totally fulfilled all that the law required under the sacrifice. And in Hebrews chapter 10, if you found it in your Bible, okay, it says that, that Christ's sacrifice was once for all. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. So what the law did was it showed us what God was working out in humanity to give us freedom from sin. And he, he was showing how, how painful, how how wicked sin was and, 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 and the price that needed to be paid. But Jesus steps in and he fulfills that. That's what, what chapter 10 is all about. And then we're called to persevere. He says, even though there's still sin in this world, even though there's still darkness in this world, even though that you and I are still facing that, you and I are called to live confidently in this world, despite all the pain, all the sorrow, all the difficulties, all the evil. Because see, you and I feel the pressure every day. It's, it's, like, it's like driving in traffic. It raises your stress level. Why? Because you see the danger. You see the You look over and you see them texting somebody. And you're like, oh my, Jesus, make them wake up. Your prayer life increases when you drive on the highway, doesn't it? You believe in angels. You begin to see the hope of God. You know what I'm saying? I experienced a miracle. I made it to work. And see, that's, that's what they're talking about in another level, on the spiritual level here, okay? Listen to what they say. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Our confidence comes from Christ Jesus is the whole context. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Just pause for just a second. See, this is why we want you to read through the Bible. We want you to read this Exodus part because this week we're reading how, how they sprinkled the blood to consecrate Levi and, and, and his family and the priest and how, how blood is what what was required to cleanse us of our sin. Now, you and I, we are sprinkled not just by, not just by lamb's blood. We were, we, were, we were sprinkled by the ultimate lamb, the Messiah, the promised one. So even in the midst of all those years of the tabernacle, there was a promise beforehand that one day, one day I'm going to step into the world and I will give my life for you. That's the Jesus blood. The people that sprinkled the blood on the altar in the Old Testament, they did that in the hope that one day the Messiah would step into this earth. And that's what Jesus is. He's a fulfillment of the promise. You and I, we live after the promise. And when it says here that you and I, we have faith that he has covered our sins. That's what it means. And then it says washed with pure water. When you and I, when we are baptized in water, we walk in there. We know it's water. It's H2O. It's just Columbus City water. Maybe with too much, you know, chemical in it. We don't know. And, and yet, you and I, we know that by our act of faith in saying, no, I'm putting my love in Jesus, I'm putting my life in Jesus, 
He washes all that away. That water becomes something more than Columbus City water. It represents the promise of God to wash away the sins of the world and that I walk out a new person and you walk out a new person. If you've not been baptized, why not? I hope you take a bath. Wouldn't you want to take a spiritual bath before the living God that created you? I've just been playing games. And I'm not talking about the baptisms their parents did for you. I think that's wonderful. My parents did that for me. But do you want to know something? I got to a point in my life where I said, no, he's my God. I didn't get just baptized by compulsion by my parents forcing me to. I got baptized because I said, I'm all in. I'm trusting Jesus. He's my Lord. I'm not relying on my own works. I'm relying on the gift of grace. And if you haven't done that, grow up, mature. Yeah, but people are going to see me. People see you doing stupider stuff than that every day in Walmart. You know what I'm saying? You better be, you better be, you better be more proud of your relationship with God than you are your favorite sports team. Ouch, pastor, you're pushing hard. Because if I don't encourage you, prod you, push you, you will continue to let marginal thinking run your life instead of godly thinking run your life. Are you going to let the world run you? Or are you going to let God's Word run your life? Be run by the Word of God. Be run by a passion for God. Be run by the truth that transformed this world. Where was I? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What, what is being encouraged right here in this passage in the Word of God is its encouragement is relational ministry. Do life with one another. The reason that we tell you in this place, to, to get into a small group, get on a ministry team, is because you're going to be with other people and they're going to be around you and they're going to say to you, oh no, I, I, I've been where you are, I wouldn't do that. Or they'll say to you, oh no, I, I, I feel like God is leading me. And you'll say, you know what, God is. This week, Jennifer was talking, uh, maybe it was last week, Jennifer was talking to one of the young ladies on the worship team and, and, and she was just talking about how important it had been to be a part of the worship team. And, and in, that, in that process, she shared how she was struggling with leaving behind some of the things of, of this world to follow Jesus. And she said, I was sitting and I was talking with, with Kelly and Lucia. And, and as I shared that what, what I felt like the Holy Spirit was kind of prompting me, I needed to give up. They said, oh yeah, you need to give that up. See, that is the encouragement of the body of Christ. See, the Holy Spirit will always invite you to be holy because He's holy. But sometimes we need brothers and sisters that have had to leave behind the world, say, oh yeah, I gave that up. In following Jesus, my life has been transformed. See, I'm not what I used to be because of Christ Jesus. Now, you can't say that if you're dragging along the whole life. You know, you've got to at some point decide to cut off the old life. And see, holiness says that, that God is worthy 
because of my love. Now, you, you don't hang on to all the phone numbers of your old, huh? You don't keep your little black book once you now have your beloved, do you? Do you? You need to delete some context in your file. You need to go into your address book and say, delete, 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 unfriend, unfriend. Why? Because they're taking you back to something that's not good. And see, what, what you and I are called to do, the picture painted here, we're to spur one another on, we're to meet together, we're to encourage one another. This is just part of it. Let me ask you this question. What behaviors are productive? What behaviors are productive for a godly life? Do you know what they are? Can you encourage that in somebody else? When you see someone and, 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 and they pray for another person, do you say, wow, great job, way to go? Because see, that's the behavior that'll produce life, right? When, when you're talking to a friend and they share with you a scripture or something like that, you say, way to go. Man, tell me where you got that. What did that mean to you? Encourage. Encourage one another to, to listen to God, to pray, to, to seek the Lord. Here at the church next door, uh, for years we did leadership night. We're resurrecting that this year, okay? We're going we're gonna to have one coming up in a few weeks, and, and I invite you to come. But this is what we always did at leadership night, and we will do it again. I always would ask people, so tell me this, um, do you have your Bible with you? And they, they'd say, yeah, I've got my Bible. I didn't. I would always give them candy. Because see, we wanted people to know that the Word of God is what, what drives our life. I said, did you meet anybody new? Did you meet anybody new when you were at church? Well, why is that important? Because we're always looking for that person that's, that's seeking God, that person that's, that's taking the, the step of faith to venture into a new area. Are you welcoming people online? If you're part of the online community right now, are you doing that? Are you talking to, you remember their name? God keeps a list of names. Why don't you? I keep post-it notes in my Bible so I can write down names as I meet people. I've now, I've upgraded. I now use the notes app in my phone. I understand it's a digital world. Okay. I'm not killing trees all the time. Just part of the time. You understand what I'm saying? And thirdly, we always say, have you prayed with anybody? Have you prayed with anybody? Now I'm not just saying I prayed with my spouse over dinner last. I'm saying, no, no. In Walmart, at work, you know, in, 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 in the middle of life. See, those are the hallmarks of what it means to be an encourager in the body of Christ. Because every person, they're important to God. And we're always taking the Word of God and applying it to the real world we live in. That's what it means to be a disciple. That's what it means to be an encourager. If you want to grow spiritually, and I know a lot of people want to grow spiritually, but it's like, well, I'm just not, I'm just not ready to do that. It's, it's time for you to get ready. It's time for you to get ready. Encourage godliness. Encourage people to prayer. Encourage people towards God's words. In Acts chapter 11, we have this powerful story. Let me give you the context as quickly as I can. So the early church is growing. It's spreading. Uh, Jesus promised them that in, in Acts chapter 1 that it would go from Jerusalem, Judea, to Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Okay. So Jesus said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on you, and the church is going to grow. And at one point in here, um, they get word that there are new believers in um, Antioch. And, and the new believers that are in Antioch came because some people from Cyprus, huh, 
visited Jerusalem, experienced what God was doing. They went home to Antioch. So these people were from Cyprus originally. They now live in Antioch, and, and they've, I, this happens all the time. Someone will show up here and say, hey, um, I went to Tennessee. I heard your brother, and I live in Ohio, and so I thought I would just come. Someone did that last Sunday. This is part of the church. The church is always interwoven with other people. Someone will come up to me and say, Pastor, I heard you on the radio. I said, good. I'm glad you heard me on the radio. And I, I live in Bucyrus, but I thought I was in Columbus, and I'll, I'll, I'll come to church. See, this is the body of Christ like this. Well, the, the church is growing, and they said, well, who can we send to encourage these guys? Well, there was this guy who was a part of the, the church in Jerusalem, and, and he had this, this plot of land, and he felt like he was to sell that plot of land, and he gave, the, he gave, that would mean a lot in today's world with real estate the way it is here for us, right? He gave the money from the sale of that land to the church. And the church was in a desperate way at that time, and so they changed his name. They changed his name from what his mama called him, to Barnabas. Now, you know him as Barnabas because he became one of the key first missionaries of the early church. And, and this is really his first missionary endeavor. But the reason he got the job was because of the gift that he gave and it encouraged the church and they gave him a new nickname, Barnabas. Do you know what Barnabas means? It's Hebrew. Bar means son and Nabus means encouragement. Son of encouragement. That's why he got the job. Because they knew if they're going to help this early church, what's the most important thing we can do? We've got to encourage them. See, you don't, you don't beat the sheep. They won't come eat if you beat the sheep. You have to encourage the sheep, love on the sheep, feed the sheep. What did Jesus ask Peter to do? He said, feed the sheep. Hello, I know you're a bunch of urbanites and suburbanites. Forgive me. I'm not looking down on you. If you want to catch an animal, get out the feed bucket. They will come to eat. It's just like teenagers. <laughs> There's an animalistic comparison there, is there not? See what I'm saying? You and I are called to encourage. So they decide to send Barnabas. This is what they say. Acts chapter News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad, and he encouraged them all to what? Remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. So what he did was he said, stay the course. Continue to worship God. Continue to love Jesus. Do you realize that Antioch, we were first called Christians? Up until this time, we're called followers of the way or followers of the Nazarite or, or, or Jesus people. You know what I'm saying? You know, but, but now we're called Christians. And it means that in Antioch, they talked about the fact that we were Messiah followers. That's what it means. Christ Christian means a Messiah follower. We follow Christ, the Messiah. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. It says that the, the revival was so great in Antioch that he ran off and he found Saul, this young Saul who became known as Paul, this young, young man in the way. He brings him there to preach his first sermons because he knew the best place for somebody to preach is the midst of a revival. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. 
It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. What I love about prayer is this, that you and I touch eternity, that we step into the throne room of God. We go to heaven, so to speak, in the sense that our voice reaches heaven, but it impacts earth. That's amazing. As we take some time today to pray, let's pray for our police and firefighters. Lord, we just lift up to you today our our police officers and our firefighters, our, our first responders, God. We think of Psalm 91, where it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. God, we're praying for them that as they they face the front lines today, that they'll also have a rest when they go home, a shelter from you. Lord, that that you will surround them, Lord, with, with your wings and you'll protect them today. Lord, they need your they need your wisdom as they interact with people. They need they need spiritual insight. Give them discernment. When it's a medical professional helping somebody, Lord, help them to know exactly how to help the person. When it, when it's a a police officer showing up at the scene, help them to to hear what what's really going on in in the person's life so that they can bring peace. I pray for the the police officers and firefighters and that are that are Christians, Lord, help them to be strong and tall and give them spiritual discernment, Lord, give them wisdom. And Lord, we know that you have angels. You have angels that can be dispatched and we're asking for angels to be dispatched throughout the the, the city, throughout our community, throughout our land, God. We're praying for situations to be diffused. We're praying that that they would find out trouble before it happens, Lord, so they could help the person, Lord. May, may no evil or harm come to the communities. May they stop initiatives that would bring fear, terror, and murder, Lord. May they have insight to stop the harm and the pain. May they be rescuers of people today. Bless them for saying yes to that calling in Jesus' name. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that, but I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address, and we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address, and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. Your Next Step is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. 
If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.